Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. Welcome, rugby fans. It's that time again here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show for episode 127. My name is Ty the Safa Braga, host for today's activities. And joining me here are a few new and old faces to the familiar show format. And then we introduce here for the first time, Daryl Keith Hendon. Daryl, welcome to the show. Oh, cheers. Thanks for having me, man. Well, it's great to be able to have you here. Recently crowned the president of the Jackal Den. What a title to behold and what a great job you guys are doing out there to be able to galvanize the support down in Dallas. And of course, for those fans down there, probably a familiar name. And another familiar name to fans of the Rugby Rant, we welcome back again the five-timer, TJ Olsen from the Bonus Podcast, Bonus Point Podcast. Welcome back, my friend. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, it's it's good to finally get back on the pod after a little little time, and it's good to finally meet uh, DK. It's, it's good to have some some Dallas fans in the building, so it's good to have the represent. But yeah, I'm really excited to get on and chat about some American footy. It's been a long time. Excellent. Well, we're going to do that and more in just a moment with Around the Pitch. Stick around. We'll be back. When we pick up the ball, we also pick up a legacy. A legacy that stretches beyond your current team. A legacy built on the backs of those who came before you with hard work. And for those who will come after you, we promise it won't be easy. But we'll be there, supporting you on and off the field. So, gentlemen, you know how it goes. You paid attention. We did it in the pre-show. It's all about sharing what we think fans should know about in what we call Around the Pitch. How it works is that we're going to go once around the table, quick fire, and we'll share what we think is newsworthy for fans to pay attention to that might have happened last week or something that's in the news right now that you can offer your thoughts upon by following us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. And we're going to start it off Right here, right now, with our guest here for the first time, Daryl Keith, the floor is yours. The red card woes continue for the Dallas Jackals. Martin Elias getting a red card in the second minute of our uh, second home game this past Friday night. Uh, Still awaiting word from the league on the penalty. Obviously, already without the services of Marcus Moroni for three games, he will not be available this weekend either. So we are just waiting and seeing on that one here in Dallas. Discipline continues to be an issue, not only for Dallas, but across the league as there's red cards flying. But it's not uncommon to see this in the early stages of the season, especially when it's been a lot of time away from the field. But we hope that they get that under control because that certainly could mean more opportunities for points on the board. So, Daryl Keith, thanks a lot. TJ, what do you got? All right, guys. So Major League Rugby and USA Rugby announced on the 2nd of March that the assembly of the Hawks, a men's 15 development squad, is set to compete in an eight exhibition match starting on March 4th this past weekend against Super Rugby America's clubs. And although the Hawks fell short in their first match, 41-26 against Chile 15, 
Um, I think this is a great step forward for USA Rugby. It's its first of its kind collaboration between the professional league and a governing body. And it's it's going to be a way to improve player pathways, create more high quality playing opportunities for USA qualified players. So that's something that the USA is sorely lacking. So I really hope that this is a good initiative and it sticks around for the long term. Right, absolutely. I mean, creating an opportunity for more competition is only going to breed greater results and also allow you an opportunity to spot that next generation of talent, which is what the Hawks is all about. So it's great to be able to see those partnerships continuing forward and especially being partnered with our South American uh, neighbors who up until now have done a pretty much a much better job than us right <laughs> <laughs> they've done yeah they've done pretty well very very well all right well we're, we're, we're they got a ticket to france we don't so obviously something's working so <laughs> let me dive into the next piece as we turn our attention closer to home uh and and i mean that for me as well being a midwest resident um and then the absence of rob hammerschmidt i'll take up the mantle of touting the horn blowing it as loud as we can for the chicago hounds who had their very first home game that opener was so crucial to be able to set the platform for a great leadership a great on-field experience a great in-stand experience all around it gets a thumbs up from fans uh, at home and in the stadium and in fact they can boast one of the great achievements they have one of the highest attendance rates so far in mlr their opening match get this gentlemen their opening match right 4,443 fans were in attendance and and $45,000 in merchandise sold on the opening day. Good job. Yeah, that is exactly what you want to be able to see. Fans coming in to watch great rugby in a new venue in a great stadium at SeatGeek and spending money on the merchandise. It's an all-around win except for on the field. But we'll get back to that in a moment because it was certainly close. And we're going to be talking about that in a moment when we dive into our Rugby Rat special. But without further ado, let's keep the ball moving forward and hand it back to you, Daryl Keith. Well, heads continue to roll across Oceania after an incident uh, in which Hurricanes captain Artie Savea made a gesture uh, towards the opposing team. Uh, automatically has already begun apologizing we're waiting to hear from the NZRU if there's going to be any type of further penalty for this or from uh, Super Rugby Pacific. Uh, it's another one of those just wait and see kind of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it sparked much debate uh, across all the rugby realms. Uh, and again, it's another reason why we love doing what we do is because of that banter, you know, that interaction between fans. And there's going to be difference in opinions, but if there wasn't, life would be pretty dull. You know how it goes. I would agree with you, but then we'd just both be wrong. <laughs> so let's dive into the next one tj what have you got for us so it's back to some more local stuff uh the usa women's seven squad is now on a medal streak this season as they head home with a bronze medal from the canada sevens that just happened in vancouver and it brings them really closer to olympic qualification well at least early olympic qualification and it's also a good thing in in two other realms it's the first time the eagles have medaled five times in a row that's also pretty pretty special and also alev kelter made a return back to the seven series having spent predominantly a lot of her time in the 15s you saw her in the women's world cup and she did quite a lot for the usa side but i think it's really good to get her back into the sevens mix because i right. feel like i she is pretty close to cracking that 100 try um score score line along with i believe kelly brazier as well i think it's something that's pretty special to have her back in the mix right 
And for fans who aren't familiar with that name, she just happens to be one of those great and unique rugby players that are skilled in both formats of the game, sevens and fifteens, for a multitude of different skill sets um, and vital to their success. And great to be able to see her coming back in there and the continued form for the USA Eagles ladies uh, who are, as you say, on that great medal run five times in a row. That's That's something to be proud of. And again, for all of those fans tuning in here, you can continue to tell us what you think is newsworthy or perhaps comment on something that we've already shared maybe something we don't even know about that you want us to be able to cover and you can do that by following us online under the handle rugby rant pod and we will of course continue to be able to share what we know and hopefully what you know together we help rugby grow we're going to be back in a moment with our main debate that is talking about the week three action of Major League Rugby season six, the best game, and perhaps what do they think is the worst? Stick around. We'll be back to learn more. Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, and it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark bale-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. And welcome back, rugby fans, episode 127. And as promised, we're going to dive in to talk more about the action that took place this past week in round three of Major League Rugby season six. We're going to open up the comments here, but we got three things that we wanted to be able to get from the gentlemen here in this rugby debate. They're going to be talking about the quality of the matches that we saw in week three. How does it compare to previous weeks? What would they have liked to be able to see? Their general comments is what they're going to share. But then as we develop in the conversation, we're going to give them opportunity to let shine what they think was the best match of all and then what they think was the most disappointing. And that'll be perhaps interesting for all rugby fans to hear if the side that they support was among the best or the worst matches, or just, eh, we'll find out with them here right now. Starting it off is Daryl Keith. Tell us what you think about week three. Another great round of rugby here in the U.S. Uh, obviously, the winners winning, the losers losing, as it always seems to be in <laughs> rugby. You can never have a – nobody goes away with a consolation. But, yeah, just another great round of Major League Rugby. And, um, yeah, very, very happy with uh, some of the experience on the weekend there. And a bit disappointed, and we'll get to the disappointed part later. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that, that the usual suspects come to rise to the top again um, and also to the bottom. You know, Seattle coming out on top over over uh, Dallas, 35 to 10. Uh, we have them in the top three in their conference. I, I'm not exactly sure. In fact, I'll tell you in just a moment, they sit second in their conference at 13. Uh, Houston Sabercats at the top. Uh, San Diego Legion, you know, interesting to be able to see uh, uh, the makeup there. Um, but as we continue forward it'll be the one that's kind of looking the most interesting right now in my opinion and it's very early stages is uh, new york Ironworkers and rugby atl sharing the uh 10 point spot there but i'm not going to give more of my thoughts before handing it over to tj olsen for his no i think round three i'm, I'm so similar with daryl keith like I, I feel like it was it was a great weekend of footy. Um, I think there was a couple of games that I was a bit surprised about, and I'll get into like the insights a little bit later. But I think when you look at the schedule, although it was five games this weekend, um, the mm-hmm. usual suspects are the ones that came out on top. Like you, you had a lot of games where you're looking at going, there's, there's no way that Seattle team is going to get trumped by a Dallas team, even though they are at home. I feel like um, Dallas opened up a lot. Could of, you say a that a little doors. louder for the president of the no, uh, Dallas Jackals? <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like Seattle have just been on a tear at the moment, and that's that's what right. they came came to do. It wasn't a, a knock against Dallas, Daryl. Kid, don't kill me. Oh, no but worries. It was it was it was something where I feel like they they have just been on building so much cohesion and continuity right. in the past two games. They just were destined to win that game, but Dallas mm-hmm. came out swinging in, in a couple of a couple of aspects. Yeah, and, and I, I would agree with you there. Definitely. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. No, no, no. You're all good. And I think the the ATL Nola game, I think it's something where you look at it and you go, it's going to be a battle of the forwards. The the ATL yep. love love their rolling more. Nola is known for a great pick and drive and a good punch up the middle. But that was a game where I was sitting there going, I, I kind of knew ATL was going to pull it out in the back end because Nola have been petering right. off. But I, I feel like it, it was usual suspects for for most of the games. I'll get into a little bit of the nitty gritty stuff a bit later. Yeah, yeah. Is that why you? Uh, in fact, you, you're part of our super brew uh, super brew. Uh, um thing aren't you right the, i joined it players? i joined it a week a week late so i'm i'm coming in okay. from, from behind and i'm i'm gonna try and catch up in, in the later weeks but <laughs> yeah it's it's um it's i've been i've been picking most of the usual suspects and, and getting getting mm-hmm. most of them right but it's the same with super rugby you, you can yeah. never pick them all you right. look at them you go oh god I'm, I, well, I, messed that one up. That, I got two weeks in a row i got the grand slam points which means that you got every single win right And then on week one, I only got one wrong. So I'm seventh overall. But the rugby rant one, right, which is for us collectively, myself, Scott, and and Rob, is like Mm -hmm. near the bottom. So, so collectively, oh we don't God. know what we're doing, but individually, yeah. well, I don't think anybody does. It's like gambling; like you think you think yeah. you know what's going on, but you just go, "Hey, yeah. I'll, I'll figure it out as I go." That's why I love the Super Brew thing, man. It's easy. What team's going to win and by how much? You don't need to complicate it much farther than that. And again, if you're not sure what we're talking about, go download the app Super Brew. It's great fun. It's all sponsored by Rugby Now. In fact, you get an opportunity through them to be able to get grab yourself your uh, opportunity to get shop MLR vouchers and support your favorite team by getting your favorite merch through shopmlr.com. Uh, it's absolutely free to play. 25 bucks for every round that you win, but the grand prize is 150, then 150 bucks towards whatever gear you wanted to get from your favorite side. And again, it's absolutely free. You can uh, follow us uh, under the handle at Rugby Rant Podcast for that one. 
I might be wrong, but I'll put it in a link. Rub does that stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so let's dive into it, gentlemen, as we move even farther forward. And the real interesting question I want to ask you, DK, we're going to go with that for now. Daryl Keith, here we go. What do you think was the best match to view, the best game overall from week three and why? No disrespect to my homeboys, but I'm going to have to go down I-45, uh, Pote Human, Heineke Meyer, the Sabre boxes, I call them, down there in Houston, <laughs> welcoming a 40-year-old Ma'a Nonu to Aviva Stadium there. That was the clash of the weekend. These are two top sides of the Western Conference. And, uh, it, you know, it, it looked pretty ugly for Houston there at the beginning. Two quick tries for San Diego, but they, they inched their way back. Uh, led by their uh, the most hated man in the league, in my opinion, but dang if he isn't a good-looking guy. Jerry Labouchain, as they say here. Hedy Labouchain, <laughs> as we say back in South Africa. Uh, he ended up getting man of the match, and to me, that was easily the game of the week. Like, no question right there. Nice. I like it. And, you know, uh, the Sabercats um, certainly have changed a lot of things over the last two seasons. The South African influence come in. And with that, you have to expect a more physical game, which is kind of what's a part of the brand. Um, and they're delivering it, you know. So even though they go short, I mean, they come up short in the first couple of, uh, 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 you know, uh, opening or exchanges, let's call it that, with the two quick tries, as you pointed out, it's still the game plans there. You know, like they trusted well enough. Like, all right, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a grind, but we're going to get there. We're going to come it through. And the end of result, 26, uh, sorry, 31 to 26 in favor of uh, the Sabre Cats, which puts them again at the top of their conference. Uh, San Diego, not far behind. Obviously, they won their first two. So that was definitely a great match to see. Inside, anything inside of seven points has to be an exciting match. That being said, as long as it's not zero to seven, um, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I was before I got proven wrong. I had to get that disclaimer in there. But I'm going to ask and challenge TJ here to do the opposite. What do you think? Let's let's hear it from your point of view. The most disappointing match of week three. So I think a lot of people will probably disagree with me on this. Most people usually do. But the Hounds versus Utah game was one that I was really disappointed about the most because I wanted a shootout. You, you look at both okay. teams and you, you see how much firepower is on both of those teams. Obviously, you know that the, the Chicago Hounds have got an uphill battle ahead of them because they're new team, new coaching staff. Like I mean, brand are new they everything. really a new team when most of the players are, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'll, 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 I'll preface it. So it's a new team coming together collectively and they have right. to build, build cohesion as a squad. And we, we know the challenges that face them when they come together as a new squad. Like, like you said, Ty, a lot of them, our experienced MLR players or professional rugby players in general, like you've got Charlie Abel, who plays on the Hounds, who's been playing professional rugby for a long time, super rugby right. or all that type of stuff, but it was going to be an uphill battle for them because they have to build that cohesion. Um, Chicago, what made it so disappointing is they weren't able to capitalize on two yellow cards, not one, but two mm -hmm. throughout the game when Utah were giving them just the opportunities left, right, and center. They also gave Utah too many opportunities because of their phase play defense. It was a bit too sloppy. They were kind of just all over the place. And that's what I'm talking about. It comes back to systems. When you right. kind of build that cohesion as a team, you're able to be on the same page. Once you have some time to build together, which I thought they had done in the previous week, I was, I was picking them to win this week, but I think now 
especially with their first, the, like the amazing showing they had in their stadium. I, I think it's awesome that they had so many people right. out there. They were doing so many cool things out and there. And it looked really good on TV though, too. The optics yeah. were good. The energy was good. The weather, like this rugby God smiled down upon them. I mean, you're in Chicago in March, you know, <laughs> it should be snow everywhere. It'd be terrible. <laughs> and yeah, not to, not to bring up old news, which is uh, my, my LA Guiltinis, but you look at the LA Coliseum in there and you'd see how many people would be packed in that stadium. And you'd sit there and go, this looks awful. For, t- for television and then you would look on the other side right. it isn't televised completely empty so yeah i think it is is something that it looks really good on tv the rugby was was supposed to be good and i feel like there were some really good stuff but now right. that chicago have got some a little bit of motivation they know they can go head to head with people like utah i think they're going to come out next week and they're really going to yeah um, have a crack well for me i feel like you hit the nail on the head that utah um kind of didn't well didn't play the game that they would normally want to play they didn't come firing all cylinders mm-hmm. chicago didn't quite connect in, in with the opportunities that they were given although if you just look at the score it's flattering in a sense that you if you look at a 14 to 10 uh, a, a margin of, of only four being the difference it looks like it's a very tight hard game mm-hmm. but they made it look tighter and harder than it actually should have been Maybe that's the criticism, but you know, it's going to take time to get into that rhythm, to be able to get the systems in places you rightly pointed out. Um, So hopefully that, that is, that is, is going to happen, but it's already trending in the right direction. At least if you went ahead and said, you know what, I was actually picking Chicago to win this week and Mm -hmm. they didn't. Well, first of all, no wonder you thought it was the most disappointing match because you didn't get them. (laughs) right? (laughs) So we know the the real reason, but um, it's at least heading in the right direction. Um, And in terms of the, the experience and all the stuff that I highlighted a moment ago, it is so crucial because, you know, one thing that I will say that you could see from those players, that when they came to play their first home opener, you can see that this wasn't just another game as another game. This was the home opener, the beginning of, of, of an era of professional rugby in Chicago, in the Midwest, where it had never resided before. And you can yeah. see some of them had that passion. Some of them understood the, the gravity of the situation. And, and maybe that led to a few miscalculated choices, rushing the play, not timing the passes, not in the right spot at the right time, you know. Could be factors. Mm. What do you think? Well, I, I, oh, I feel like you, you could see it on their faces as soon as they scored the first first um, try at Seek. Right. Like you, you saw how many of their players sprinted over, how how much passion was on their face when they lifted mm-hmm. up lifted up the player who scored the try. It like you said, it wasn't just a game. It was there was so much energy in there, and having so many um, fans that Chicago is right. a crazy rugby town. They they love it there to have that passion plus like people that actually know what's going on. It's not people just sitting there just kind of cheering on a, a physical, like a exciting right. game is they, they know the rules. They know what's going on. They, they were probably cheering their butts off. So yeah, yep. I think it was something that is, is going to be now just kind of the benchmark now. And they're going to start building from there. Yeah, it might be an L, but it's a W in many other ways. And we wanted to take a moment to be able to highlight another great win. Um, you know, a, a great contributor to the Rugby Rant podcast show, Rob Hammerschmidt, took on his new role as the sideline reporter for the Chicago Hounds. This is a man that you guys have no idea how much time he has spent behind the scenes growing rugby, connecting the community, doing what he does, living it through the show and out there in the community and i couldn't think of anybody better who deserves it and i just want to say all that training i've given him has paid off 
off. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you're welcome, Rob. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what you're going to put on your resume, aren't you? You'd be just like sitting there, I yeah, trained yeah. the best Chicago line side yeah. reporter ever. Come, right. come see me when you want to. Absolutely. Tip. You know, exactly, right? It's got to add it to my resume. What I did there was took five minutes to give myself a compliment. Um, <laughs> but uh, all jokes aside, it really is a great honor. And we will see him behind the mic. Uh, for doing that all season long. So again, congratulations to Rob Hammerschmidt. Uh, Daryl Keith, now I move on to the more challenging part for you, for you to share what do you think was the more almost disappointing matchup of the weekend? I mean, easily uh, the Jackals at home versus Seattle. Not to take anything away. I mean, Seattle is a solid AJ Alatimo, Alatimo right up to what he left right off where he started. Uh, Rickard Hutting, all these guys, all right, you know, picking up exactly where they left off last year. Obviously, unfinished business with Alan Clark and co up there. And yeah, a bit disappointing. The 10 points uh, we had multiple opportunities, five meter lineouts with nothing on the board. Uh, you know, we were able to get at the Jackals were able to get out of trouble quite a bit in our own end, but we just never got anything going. And it was a bit disappointing because I hope that we were going to put you know, after after what we had done the previous weekend in Utah, I was hoping that we'd put a little bit more onto the board and put a little bit more of a fight up. But when you get a red card in the first two minutes to your first five eights, it's kind of an uphill battle from that. So that was easily the most disappointing result on the weekend. Um, you know, taking 73 minutes to get that first try with the smoke bombs going off there at Choctaw. Uh, it was, you know, it was a great atmosphere. It was just a little bit disappointing. And that's easily probably my most disappointing game on the weekend just as a as a personal note more than anything well yeah and that's a really good point though as a personal note you're the guy who's sitting at home tuning in what is the great rugby that you come to enjoy is it this style or that style and this is why we're here to be able to do it because you know the one thing we always want to make sure is clear to everybody when they're tuning into the rugby rant is that we aim to grow rugby one fan at a time how we do that is by helping fans understand the game a little bit more and, and, and what they should be looking for. What are the enjoyment factors? What makes it a colossal battle? What makes it an interesting matchup? And that's so important that when you say that's my personal view as a fan sitting at home when I'm watching rugby, this is the game that I enjoy. This is the game I don't enjoy. And here's why. And I want to hear from TJ, which is the game you most enjoy? So I'm going to go the same as DK, the Houston versus San Diego game. I think that one was the most entertaining. I think um, when you look at just the style, like I know DK spoke about Martin Nonu coming out as a 40 year old man, he could still play bro. Like you, you saw him at, um, in yeah. Nazi pro East. Like you watched him go play. I like... sneeze and like pull my back, you know, <laughs> I, I actually, I actually am very, very sensitive about that. Cause I did that during a deadlift and my back was out for two weeks, but yeah, well, yeah, but I, at I least digress. you were doing something physical. I was yeah, on that's, the couch. That's... <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I, you, you can take a big L on that one, Ty. I, I definitely yeah. haven't done that. But big reality same, age is, same age as Ma Anonu. We are the yeah. same age. Yeah, and he, and he still, he still looks like, like he's in his twenties. Yeah, he's, he's got he's got the the gray hair. He's got the um whoever whoever it is the uh, Richard Gear kind of hair, but he's still yeah. freaking yeah, playing off. He's got the gray gray hair, but 
Um, San Diego, they had a lot of momentum early on, and you always expect Houston, when they get pinned against the wall, they come firing back. you got the likes of Drew Wilde from Manawatu, Christian Dyer, uh, mm-hmm. a very explosive and physical loose forward trio. In my opinion, the Legion, though, have a more complete team, in my opinion. I, I feel right. like the players who are on paper should be better finishers. So that was the one disappointing part about the best game, is I felt like they, they pushed that pass close to the goal line to win the game when they knew they should have built the continuity and just built those phases. But it just like was that lack of being able to finish when you think that they should have been able to do it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think San Diego as a whole, you look at them and go, they could have won that game quite easily. But it's it's something where Houston kind of have become like the dark horse in the competition. A lot of people are looking at them yeah. going like, yeah, they, they're kind of, they've always been a good team that they've never been a really competitive team. And now with them on the top of the table, like you never want to say this in round three, but they have an opportunity to really make a good headwind with these first three games. Well, this is the best start that I can remember from them in, in recent years. Uh, And Mm you, and you, you'd brought it up, you know, there's been a lot of criticism about them. They've kind of been the, uh, uh, the perpetual underperformers of MLR until recent seasons, right? Because there's always high hopes and great expectations, even counting the facilities that they had, the resources that they had, Everybody fails like, oh, man, why isn't it just clicking? Well, mm-hmm. often you need that glue that binds it together. And bringing in somebody like the, the, who has the presence, the skill, and the experience of Heineke Mayer, you know, having mm-hmm. led the Springboks to, to, to uh, World Cup campaigns. Now, unfortunately, one of those, those, those uh, credits to his name was the worst one, which is the first <laughs> tier one side to lose to Japan. But I forgive yeah. him for that. But uh, the, what do they call it? The miracle of Brighton, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but with that comes a lot of experience, a lot of lessons. And, you know, and then Pota Human to be able to come in there, the influence of South Africa. A lot of people criticize the game style and the gameplay and continue to this day of South Africa in rugby, but they cannot deny it has results. So are we starting to see the cohesion, the balance that they're looking for in this season? Because 3-0 is the best record that you can have right now, and Mm. they're up there. So obviously something is clicking, and I I hope for their sake it continues forward. And on that basis, I'm actually going to throw you another question here, TJ, because you Mm. are boasting about the Sabercats. Are they in your team, in your mind, the team to beat in the next weeks coming up? Mm, I think they'll they'll probably it's it's always the one that comes out is like once you get a couple of wins under your belt, they always come gunning for you. So I probably right. would say they definitely are the team to beat, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't count out like a few other teams. Like I, I feel like with the major league rugby a few teams just need a few weeks just to kind of find their footing and then start to kind of build build that kind of building blocks for the for the team, build the cohesion. So I would say, mm-hmm. yep, they're they're gonna be my team for the week for next week. But I feel like okay. they'll they'll be quite easily trounced if you have like a, a very a very motivational team that comes out next week. Right. And the one thing that I do also want to say that, and I know the squad fairly well, but I will admit not as well as I know some others, but it appears to me that they've got depth to be able to carry them through the season. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the critical factors when you're thinking this early in the game. Okay. It's so hard to be able to pick that early standout because they might not have the depth to be able to carry them through. Well, I mean, um, I mean, this weekend they've got the Seattle Seawolves. So if right. that's not a, if that's not and a, that's a decider, there, right? That's, yeah, that's that's what I mean. So it's like it's something where they do have a lot of momentum in their favor. But if I could pick any team that in the competition at the moment that would want to take them down, Seattle's the same. So it's it's something that's right. like one of one of them is going to end on top. Do I back the SaberCats? Yeah. Do, do I know that the Seawolves can bring it out in in like last minute moments? 
heck yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be just a great game to watch no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And that's the best of what we have right now competing against each other. So it's definitely uh, going to be a pick for me that I say fans should tune into is next week, that matchup, uh, Sabercats, Seattle. Daryl, uh, Daryl Keith, I'm going to ask you, who do you think is the team to beat right now? I'm actually going to go the flip side of the coin. And as much as this pains me, I have to go ahead and reveal anybody that hasn't seen it. Yes, I do have a Sofa flag tattooed on me. <laughs> That's how we got on the box, show. <laughs> as much as the favorite box or, or, or the local state team. I think after seeing, having been able to see both of those teams at home here at Choctaw, and yep. from what I witnessed on the field, Seattle's the more complete team in my opinion. Uh, they've got scores at all positions. I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, Riker Hutting having two tries this weekend. Right. Uh, not to yeah. take any away from Terminator, Honko Herma says he's great. <laughs> I just think the more complete, the more, dare I say, mature team in this competition that I've seen has been Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. They are very, very sound defensively and offensively. This is obviously going to be the game of the week, but I think the team to beat right now is Seattle. That's just my, once again, my personal opinion. Yeah. Seattle looks solid. They look well, stacked. There you have it from our uh, rugby rant guest. If you are participating in the Super Brew contest, one says Seattle, the other says Sabercats. I'm undecided now because both of you have brought up some good points, but the good thing <laughs> is, is that I got time to figure it out and I got more points than you in general. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, as we, as we go forward though, it's important that fans, um, you know, have these opportunities to kind of learn what's, what are they should be looking for in the coming weeks? You know, we, we've seen this are the usual favorites um, that are up there is, is Seattle, but you know, they have highs and lows through the seasons. I mean, it wasn't so long ago, that Seattle couldn't win a game, you know? And then the same for, for, for Sabercats. Is it a maturity in the league? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's great to be able to see that. You can't have one team at the top every year. Seattle, 2018, 2019, if it continued through that, it would be very dull and boring and it wouldn't show a lot of growth in the league. So it's good to be able to see Sabercats taking the charge, who have traditionally not been at the front. It's good to be able to have Seattle be, uh, sorry, be challenged by somebody like that and likewise for the other sides. So, you know, I wanted to be able to get your, your, your opinion, gentlemen, and this is a final thought of where we are up to three weeks so far of the action that we have seen. How does this shape up in comparison to seasons of past? And I'm going to hand this over to TJ first. Well, I think sticking with the, the Sabercats uh, kind of theme about it, you, you heard uh, Drew Wilde from, from who plays fullback for them in a recent interview. He talked about how he had an opportunity to stick with his club in Manawatu and play and go mm-hmm. through what they call the all black system and, and try and, make a super rugby contract or, or try and like stick around in arguably one of the best competitions in the world. And the reason he moved over here and, and took this opportunity was he saw the traje- trajectory that the MLR is on at the moment is yeah, technically it's not one of the better leagues in, in the world. Obviously you've got plenty of professional rugby all around the world in Japan and in the UK and other places. But if you look at how well it's improved since season one, all the way to now, it's right. it's on a good path and, and it's not just, international players coming in like you've got a lot of american talent that is learning from a lot of great coaches great players and around the system and, and the development is starting to happen like we spoke about the hawks in, in the in the start of the uh, show right and we're going to talk about american rugby's growing it's and a lot of people will say different things about internationals coming in and out but i feel like it's on a trajectory to be 
just skyrocketing by the time we get to a decade in. It's 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 yep. on its way. 2031, 2033 on the horizon and uh, domestic rugby, there is no better platform right now than Major League Rugby itself. Um, but we do also see, obviously, we, we have to give credit to Super Rugby Americas now including an American uh, component to it. Will that continue to grow? Hopefully so. But Major League Rugby will still be most likely the premier domestic competition. And to your point, though, is when you have young players that have the ability to be able to take up uh, a position elsewhere in the world, in this case, New Zealand, as you pointed out, sometimes they make choices to be able to play here for the opportunity to grow, but also the opportunity to consistently get more game time, too, because you're not going to become better if you aren't playing more. You can only do so many training ground operations and, and, and hit the gym as often as you as you can. But until you get more game time, you're not going to get the real experience that you need. So if we can have players like that um, bring experience and also gain experience here, that's another level of why we will be a great destination for rugby fans and rugby players the world over. So great points there. Daryl Keith, what do you think is your final thoughts this season in comparison to what we have seen in the past? So we bring up the Sabercats as a dichotomy for a lot of things. They started out playing in a high school football stadium. They moved to a baseball stadium, to their own stadium. That's how this league has grown. And the, you know, I brought up Seattle being a solid team. There were seven USA Eagles on that roster. USA rugby is benefiting from major league rugby, whether they want to admit it or not. Uh, I've watched this league take sonic jumps. I feel like the biggest jump was season four to five. And then this year has been even a bigger jump, bringing in some of those, like he said, some of the, like a metal one, two turbo coming in. You're seeing a lot of these young guys overseas, not getting the opportunities to play in Curry cup or play in the NPC coming over here, getting plenty of game minutes. Hopefully, you know, maybe that turns into something. We saw what happened with Bowden Waka. He obviously developed that into an overseas contract, but if those boys want to stay here and even more so if they want to stay here and gain eligibility, to play for the USA Eagles. So be it. There's nothing wrong with that. The more we have these guys coming in, they're going to teach these American players how to play the game and play it well. It does. It's, it's a win-win. And I feel like Major League Rugby is the catalyst to a lot of these things that we're starting to see with rugby domestically. Maybe not with the national team at the moment, obviously not qualifying for the World Cup, but you're going to see the seeds are being planted on, the, in this, on this continent for proper good rugby and it's being brought not just by like i said overseas guys it's american players guys like christian dyer these guys are domestically made players Mm -hmm. and they're solid and it's only going to get better like i said each year has been a jump and the last two seasons have been really big jumps in my opinion and the quality of play uh, that's going on you're starting to see proper stadiums finally with chicago being able to use a soccer stadium with Houston having their yeah, own. Yeah, it has cross. <laughs> we need to get to I like that, that level, obviously. I don't like the turf in a lot of these stadiums that we're playing in. We had real grass at the Coliseum. I was there pitch mm-hmm. side for that game. Uh, and, and and I think it's only, we're only going to see the momentum grow as fans get out. I've never brought, I've brought a lot of people to their first rugby games here, and I've never heard any of them walk away saying, I don't want to go to this ever again. Even mm-hmm with lopsided victories that the other teams have had against our side, they still want to come back. They see the camaraderie. They see the sport. They see the players coming up and interacting with the fans. Like it's not something that's normal for American sport. 
And I think that the major league rugby is it's going on the right path. I think we always would have these debates of whether it was going to continue financial issues, et cetera, et cetera. I think major league rugby is back and it's as strong as it's ever been. Well, and I couldn't agree with you more. It's a really, really great and powerful synopsis there. And you can clearly see that you are an ambassador for the game as well. Uh, and doing a great job for the Jackal Den and you, uh, probably know or don't know i don't know if i mentioned this to you but it's a bit of a tradition here on the show that whenever we have some guests join us we offer them the opportunity to send a shout out to anybody they think deserves it perhaps as an organization any cause you think is noteworthy enough so i'm going to give you that opportunity here daryl keith and as we hand the mic back to you who might you want to be able to draw attention to i uh, got to bring up a couple of local uh, plano youth rugby out in plano texas always developing a good rugby program Dallas Harlequins, Dallas Reds, our top two uh, local sides here. UNT, University of North Texas rugby programs, both their men's and women's side. I live in Denton, Texas. They are my local sides. And uh, really, um, you know, I, I could shout out to my girlfriend, Jess. I know she's going to watch just because, you know, <laughs> that's my girlfriend. But uh, I really just want to give a really big shout out more than anything to the North Texas rugby community. It is such a good family to be a part of. I've been living here for five years and I've just recently kind of come into it as the president of the Jackleton. I've kind of been welcomed into that community here. And, uh, it, you know, I've been in the rugby communities all over, all over the world. And uh, they're all the same, man. It's the. No, That's no, 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 no. South Africa is the best. Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, God. God. I'm trying to not be biased here, okay? So, yeah, man, after he man. showed us this literal South African flag on his body. Look, man, Texans <laughs> love a good bri, man. Texans love a good bri. That and is true. But, like, yeah, the North Texans rugby community here has been, like, so just – everybody's reached out to me. It's been cool to kind of see the, the moving parts of, right. of grassroots rugby really. And uh, because you don't really get to see that when you live in like a New Zealand or in Australia or South Africa, because everything's already in place. That's true. So you're seeing like the grassroots, you're seeing the kids starting to play. And that's why I I had to give a shout out to Plano Youth Rugby. I mean, there's rugby youth programs all over North Texas Alliance Rugby, all of them. But it's so good to see the parents and the rugby fans getting out there with the kids and teaching the kids the basics, the essentials, how to offload correctly, how to set up for a box kick, how to set up for set pieces. You love to see that, and you're seeing that in the North Texas rugby community, and it could make me prouder. I mean, especially, like I said, coming in 2031 is less than 10 years away, and I'd love for us to be, you know, obviously host a few matches here in North Texas and definitely come out with, you know, these kids who are now children who will be young adults at that point coming right. out and showing being ambassadors of the game for everyone. Excellent. Well said. And I love the message that you're sharing. Now, I also wanted to be able to just give you an opportunity to be able to tell folks how can they get in touch with anybody at the Jackal Den, if they wanted to be able to attend a match uh, participating with the supporters club. So we have a Facebook group, the official Jackal Den Facebook group. You can start there if you would like. If you're not keen on Facebook, we're also on Instagram now at the Jackal Den. And as of recently, uh, as I became president of this club, uh, one of the big things that I got into was YouTube. 
I have a personal channel. I will not pimp that on here. Uh, but the Jackal Den YouTube, I've started to get. Depends what it is. Is it OnlyFans yeah. or something like that? Like no, 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 no. It's, please, <laughs> please let it be OnlyFans. Fairweather rugby fan, and you'll find my content. But Jackal Den, I recently did a co- an interview with assistant coach, former Puma, former Puma's head, former uh-huh. Wallabies assistant, a scrum doctor, Mario Ledesma, absolutely. Great interview outside of the uh, outside of the uh, the weight room there, deep under the tunnels of Choctaw Stadium. Great, great guy to talk. I mean, it, it was. I had to psych myself up. I right. we had gone to a pre event. I had to psych myself up for an hour just to say hello to this man. It was <laughs> it was just an honor to meet him. Well, that shows great. you're a rugby fan first, right? Yeah, That's and it's just I have so much respect for him as a coach and just as a as a he's a product of the game that I love. And um, I will be doing a interview uh, this Wednesday coming up with Adrian Carlsa, the Western yep. Cape born former cheetah from uh, St. Lowry's past there in South Africa. I'm going to be doing an interview with him. Get on over there. Rick Collins, who is the heart and soul of this whole thing. He is the, uh, the man that strikes fear in the hearts of any bad official in Metro League rugby. <laughs> uh, we're well familiar with Rick on this show. Rick, Rick is Rick – is, <laughs> Rick is the man I've learned. I've learned a lot just from being around Rick. I've never met an American proper American that knows as much about this game as Rick does. And I'm sure there's a uh, lot like more that. that do, but it's such a joy just to, cause I actually sit right by Rick in the, in the games and we have our banter at games and then we do our post game banter and it's just great. So yeah, head on over to the Jackal Den YouTube. We go live for the away games, usually from our viewing spot at the Londoner pub in Addison. But uh, yeah, the Jackal Den Facebook, Jackal Den Instagram, and Jackal Den YouTube. All right, excellent. Now that you've had your twenty minutes, I'm going to hand it over to uh, <laughs> to TJ. Obviously, I'm only kidding, but it is great though. TJ, uh, as per usual, bit of a tradition. Send a shout out to whoever you think deserves it. No, I'm I'm getting oh. Take, by it, take all, your all free this, advertising. Apparently, we're just this, giving it away today. I think I just want to just reciprocate that. Is like I, I've I've been in the the realm of of creating a program in, in California mm. and and, and right. seeing that come to fruition, and then coming back three five years later and seeing how big the program has gotten, how much passion it is, like from ground up. So I I totally feel you on that, DK. It's like seeing that come. In, in light and seeing all the passion, especially from a, a community that isn't hasn't grown up with rugby, it's it's pretty awesome. So um, yeah, it's it's good stuff. But I just want to give a quick shout out just to Santa Monica Women's Rugby. I obviously coach them over here, so I'm very excited to get back into the second half of the season and, and make a run for playoffs. Um, we're we're really stoked about what we built in in this program and, and can't wait to get ripping into the second half of the season and, and hopefully end up at nationals this year. Um, and I also just want to give a shout out to just the hounds. I mean, like obviously there's a few boys that have come from the Giltinis, Charlie Abel, mm-hmm. uh, Luke Whitey, um, Luke Cardi. You've got a few other boys like Sam Perry, um, who's been like a, a very um, young player coming out of the, the Giltinis Academy and now has kind of started to flourish in the MLR, just getting their first game in, in the stadium and, and really starting to build that culture. Well, I will, I'll say rebuild the culture because I feel like Chicago's always had a really good rugby culture, but starting to get that professionalism in there, right. um, build build the program from the ground up and, and start to really see a, a town that loves footy really embrace it. Um, yeah, just congrats on their first first game in, in the new stadium and I can't wait to see more. Hopefully I'll be able to come out and visit the Hammer and, and go watch, watch a game out there and watch him do his thing live. So yeah, it'll, it'll be good stuff. But yeah, shout out to the Hounds. 
Excellent stuff. And also shout out to the bonus uh, point podcast show restarting up for the, of course, the seasons uh, ahead. And uh, it's always a great uh, show to be able to tune into if you're trying to be able to catch some more rugby from across the waters, in particular, Super Rugby Pacifica's action inside and out. This guy here, TJ Olsen, is certainly one of the authorities on our soil talking about the game on that soil. So let's uh, again thank you all for joining us here today. And a special again thanks to our uh, guests here in lieu of having Scott and Rob, who of course who do it with us uh, every week. And what we do here on the show is try to be able to help rugby grow one fan at a time. You gentlemen and help do that here again. And I'm sure it won't be long until we have you back. And for those fans tuning in, you can continue to be able to enjoy our content weekly on the Rugby Network, where you can see regular uploads talking about everything to do with rugby here on North American soil. You can also find us on social media, the usual platforms, also through your streaming devices, wherever it may be, whatever you may choose, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you can find us there under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod for more content on a weekly basis. And again, thank you, gentlemen, and thank you all for tuning in. This has been episode 127 of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. We will see you at the next. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.